Thank you for joining us on the Ultimate Leadership Podcast. And here's your host, Chris Sabalero. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome you to another great edition of the Ultimate Leadership Podcast. I am your host, Chris Sabalero, and I am so very excited that you are allowing me to join you on your professional development journey. I got to tell you, I mean, today's show, and I say this all the time, don't I? Today's show is going to rock. It's going to rock the house because this is a very important topic. This is one of those topics that we know happens. You know, we, we see the harassment in organizations and sometimes we see the bullying in organizations and sometimes we see the dismissing in organizations. And really this type of behavior has to stop. As a, as a leadership consultant, I have the opportunity to go into a lot of organizations and try to help them reestablish their leadership credibility, their leadership integrity, and kind of put a, a workforce first mentality, but you'd be surprised at how much bullying and harassing goes on in organizations. And I got to tell you, I found a guest and actually she found me and I am glad she did because this is one of those topics. Jeannie Cisco meth. She was bullied. I mean, she's, she's taking this expertise from her life and we're going to talk a little bit about that, but she's a coach. She's an author and she is here to give us the best information possible on how we can curb this horrible behavior of bullying in organizations, but more importantly in our life. Jeannie, I want to thank you for joining us on the ultimate leadership podcast. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much. And that is your excited face, I can tell. So, you know, just a little bit about your background, Jeannie. When you when you go to your website and you kind of bruise this, this was you, right? I mean, you you were bullied as a kid. You know, you had some challenges growing up. Uh, you were tall for your age. You know, you had some, you know, medical conditions. And I got to tell you, I was there too. I was bullied too. And, and it was really one of those things that kind of took us by surprise. And people would make fun of you for being short or being Italian or whatever that was. But I got to tell you, and, and I'm sure we're going to touch on this. When I started to learn to fight back and defend myself, I kind of went the other way and started being a little bit of a bully myself. So I hope we can kind of touch. I hope we can touch on this. But anyway, enough about me. Let's talk about you. Give the listeners a little bit about your background and how you started down this path of transformation of people in their lives and in their businesses. Well, the first place was when I was being bullied as a young kid, it was painful. It hurt. It sucked. All of those words that we all have, right? But then when I became a teacher, I started looking at it from a different view. And that view was, how can I help my students? And there was an incident where one student was bullied and, you know, and devastated. And another student I thought was severely bullied and it had no effect on him. And I started looking at it. What's the difference? And I realized that the, the student who wasn't really affected had decided his own value instead of letting someone else decide his value. And I think that's one of the problems that we have today is that we're so worried about what others think about us. We're, we're using their labels, their value instead of our own. And so when, when I started looking back at my life, I realized it happened for me, not to me. And I decide, I decided I was going to make it through school. I decided where I was going to go. And so I started collecting the tools that I had used to get through school, to get to become a teacher and applying them with my students and saw tremendous growth and development. 
You know, so when you think about this concept of bullying, of harassing, of hazing, I was in the military too, so I don't even want to talk about hazing. Right. I don't want to talk about hazing and harassing in the military because we all know that's the corner. We get that with our uniforms, right? That's just part of our that's just part of our baggage that we get. But do you have any, you know, background as to why bullying happens? I mean, yeah, a lot of times what you're gonna find is and what I've seen is that people who are bullying us are being bullied somewhere in their life, and this is their outlet. But what's the expert? say on this? I say hurt people hurt people because that simplifies it. And it's really easy to remember. Hurt people hurt people. So if somebody's bullying me, it's because they're hurting and they're lashing out in pain. And if I can remember that, I can come from a place of empathy for them instead of wanting to attack back. Many times they're being, you know, like you said, bullied at home, being bullied, you know, wherever in their life. And that's what they've been taught. That's what they know. And so they lash out at others. I also know that healed people heal people. And so if we can start that healing, because physical pain is healed over time. It's always healed over time. Emotional pain is not. We must deal with it in one form or another. And so that's what my book, my programs are all about, is about, first of all, discovering that bully inside your own head, and then how do you heal it? And what are the tools so you can eradicate it or tame it? You know, and I think that's a really great advice. And you don't, we don't think about it on this, on this depth of a mental level, right? But here's one of the things that I think is really cool about talking to you about this, is that you just don't go into organizations. You are really training the next generation of people to stand up for themselves in the high school level where it all starts for everybody, right? This is, right. This is where we get our eating disorders from. And this is where we get our lack of self-confidence from. And this is where we have to really fight from. So I want you to talk a little bit about that movement. And, uh, you know, how did you really you know, start uh, at the uh, at the school level, which I think is ingenious. So it started because I was a teacher. So it was really easy, you know, to stay and in, in that program. And then when I in 2012, I transitioned to the stage, because the problem was much bigger than just my own school. And I wanted to help as many people as possible. And I realized that if bullying, if the scars from bullying were not dealt with, at a younger age, you would absolutely grow up with them and carry them into your work, carry them into your business, carry them into adulthood. And so we started that program. I was a teacher at an alternative high. So I dealt with students, you know, that that had been cast aside, so to speak. And, and I wanted to help them change their life. And by changing a life at that level, you change generations. And that is so powerful. And luckily, I've been able to take this program all across the country. We're now international as well, helping students and adults change their life and heal those scars. I think that's amazing. And spe specifically now, it's not just a U.S. issue, right? You're right. going across oh. the world and you're sharing. So let me ask you this question, though. So when you think about the maturity level of people who are in the high school, I mean, how do you now give them the tools? Because I got to think it can't be any it different once you get higher up, but we'll talk about that in a minute. But now when we start to think about the high schools, how do you now talk to these students and give them the empowerment and give them the confidence and give them the strength to stand up against something that they had no power over? It is, it all starts with personal value. 
what you believe about yourself. And we have an exercise that we do where, where they stick labels on themselves and on other people. And then they decide which labels to pull off and which labels to leave. And I think so often that if somebody calls us a name, we let it stick. And that is not necessarily the best thing to do. So, you know, if you're a parent and your child's coming home and say, no, so-and-so called me this name, you know, the first thing you want to do is say, no, 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 you're so smart, you're intelligent, you're loved. But the problem is, is the child subconsciously says, wow, I must really be stupid. Mom just spent five minutes telling me how smart I am. (laughs) But the reality is that all you have to say is when that child comes in is you ask them the question or you make the statement, aren't you glad? I don't believe that. And in that one little sentence, the child realizes, you mean, I have a decision. I can choose what labels stick to me. That is one of the most powerful one-liners I've ever, ever used. And I got to tell you, I mean, just hearing it is like, it was simple, but it says it, right? But but still, I mean, Jeannie, even giving people this information, you still got to get them to act on it though. Mm -hmm. So just because you empower them with the knowledge, how do you get them now to to take that action that they need to take? Because the the information is just half of it. They got to put it into, put it into play. Right. Absolutely. A lot of people think that, well, when I get motivated, I'll, I'll do this. And that's not true. The action comes before the motivation. But if you can get somebody to see their life empowered to see how their life will change that many times will provide the motivations that's needed to take the action steps. If I can't see a better future, I'm not going to change where I'm at because it takes too much effort and it's too difficult to change if I can't see a better future. But if I can see a better future and visualize a better future, then I can move into it. I'd always tell my clients, build your dream and let it pull you into your future because you cannot push yourself. Yeah, I got to tell you, I think that that's really awesome. And now what we're doing, I think what you're doing here is you're now taking and giving people the tools they need to move into organizations or move through their career and say, I ain't taking this anymore, right? But let's switch gears a little bit because there's a whole generation or a couple generations of people that haven't had the ability and haven't had your expertise in school to give them these tools. So now as you start to work with organizations, how do you now take this information for the people who are set in their ways and people who, you know, may have a self-esteem issue or a self-confidence issue because of what happened in high school. I didn't have a prom date, by the way. So now you're bringing up all these feelings, but, but right. But now how do you make this happen for the adult world? Beautiful question. And usually the external bullies that we had in junior high and high school become internal bullies as we continue to grow. And so it's, it's first of all, recognizing that just because it's in your head doesn't mean it's true. And so if you've got a voice inside your head telling you that you're too stupid, you can't do it, you know, whatever, you need to tame that bully. You need to stop it and replace it with it with your best cheerleading coach ever. And that's really what we talk about in businesses, because if I'm working on a project and I don't think I can do it or I think I'm stupid, that project is not going to be near as good as if I'm willing to take a risk, try something new, implement something new, whether I'm the CEO or I'm a line production worker. It, it all comes uh, down to how do I feel about myself? What do I say to myself and how do I act on it? But now when you start to think about this transition, right? I mean, you got to think, I mean, people know that they're bullying in high school, right? People know that they're bullying. But now when you get into the corporate world, 
they're doing it, but they're doing it very passively, right? They're still bullying and they're still harassing. I mean, how do you now get those people? I mean, I, I know you're trying to empower the people who are feeling this way, but do you have plans to actually work with the people who are actually bullying people? I mean, how do you address those people from that standpoint of saying, you know what, this is not how we talk to our friends? Right. Well, and when you go in, you know, when we go into a business and we talk to the leadership, the management, it starts with, okay, what are you trying to accomplish? Because what you're doing is not working. Belittling somebody, criticizing someone, you know, does not work. And there are still companies that do that out there. There's not near as many as there used to be, but there are still ones out there. And so talking with them and showing them that if you empower you you improve your environment. And that is something that is so important. And it's just many times, it's just looking at the numbers and saying, this is where you're losing money and time and energy is in wasting it in um, squabbles and at work or miss time because people get sick when they, or they don't show up. And so that's really the biggest thing. So I do want to talk about your book, Bully, uh, bully Proofing You, but then you actually have another book that's coming out, Taming the Bully, which I want to talk about as well. And usually I ask people, authors especially, the question of what was your catalyst for writing this book? I don't have to ask you that question. <laughs> right. We know the catalyst for writing this book, but we know that our writing is, is a labor of love. So maybe when we talk about this, and I did buy this book, by the way, so I'm contributing to your retirement. Thank you. <laughs> but Bully Proofing You, Give us a little bit of what that's about and what could readers find in it to really help them to understand and actually put some strategy into action for themselves. Beautiful. So the bullyproofingyoubook.com is where you can get a whole home study course for this book. And what it does is the first part of the book takes you through why personal value is so important, why believing in yourself is so important. And then the second part is all about perspective. And it goes into why hurt people hurt people and how you can realize it's about the pain that the bully's in and it has absolutely nothing to do with you. And then the third part is all about planned responses because when emotion is high, intelligence is low. And so if somebody says something to me that hurts or you know wounds me and my emotion comes up, my defenses come up, I don't think as clearly. And so by having some planned responses that I can respond with, then I can allow that emotion to come back down. So for example, has somebody ever said something to you and then like two hours later, you know exactly what to say back? <laughs> right? That's the perfect example of that. And so the last part of the book go, walks you through how to make it so that as emotion comes up, you can still think, but it's one little step at a time and it's practice. So, you know, I, I think that that's really great and I'm looking forward to reading it, but, you know, so as people are listening to this and they're probably saying, you know, uh, maybe I'm being bullied at work or, you know, maybe, you know, uh, maybe I'm even bullying at work, but do you have a couple tips that you could just throw out to people that when they're confronted with somebody who's trying to be hurtful or, you know, trying to be harassing or bullying that you could just say, here's a couple things to think about and do to, to set this track on a different, uh, set this train on a different track. Yeah, absolutely. The first thing is if bullying is somebody in power trying to intimidate or control someone. So that's the definition of bullying. If somebody is, is pushing you or touching you, that's not bullying, that's assault. 
And that's a different, a whole different problem. Bullying sometimes becomes a catchphrase for a lot of statements or things, and it may not be bullying. So first of all, remember that somebody saying something to you that hurts may not be a bully. They may not have meant what they said. For example, my daughter and I were standing in the kitchen the other day. I said something to her and I was looking at her face and I could tell immediately by the look on her face She didn't hear what I said. (laughs) And so I asked her, what did you hear? Because it's not what I said. That's an incredible, that's an incredible piece of advice right there. Because we do that all the time. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's true. It absolutely is. We miss here or we're hearing through our filters, our interpretations of words, and we may not know what the other person is saying. So first of all, ask for clarification. I'm sorry, what did you just say? (laughs) Right? And then if they say it again, then you go, oh, okay. Thank you for sharing. And you can just move on. You don't need to engage. You don't need to take it on. Thank you for sharing. Or, you know, hey, what time's lunch? When we ask a question, it causes people to think. Because when we're bullying, when bullying is coming out, or we're reacting to emotions, we're in our reptilian brain. We're not thinking. So when you ask a question, hey, what's for lunch? Or, you know, what, what time did you get to work? Or something like that, they immediately have to move from their reptilian brain to their thinking brain. And many times that immediately stops the bullying. I got to tell you, that's really interesting. I never even thought of it that way. I mean, you make it sound so simple. And um, let's go ahead and switch gears to your new book, Taming the Bully Between Your Ears. And it's a little bit of what you're talking about right now, right? I mean, that's that's a great segue for that. So maybe give us a little bit about uh, what this book is going to be about and what the readers can get out of it. So this book is about my journey of bullying and learning how to tame my bullies so I could write my first book and then um, share the stage with Sarah Palin at the Ralston Arena. Um, That was absolutely amazing. And being able to identify the voices and then tame them. I wish I could kill them, but they keep coming back. (laughs) So it's called taming, you know, and using those tools. And so it's, it's been much more difficult for me to write because it has a lot of my personal stories in it. And sometimes that's hard to just lay your life out there for everybody to look at and criticize. Thank goodness for my tools. I used every single one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and I, but I, but you know, one of the things that I think that helps with is it's horrible that you had to be in that situation, right? But it's amazing that you were only because now you're taking that, that pain and you're turning it into tools that people don't have to experience that pain anymore, right? right. And exactly. it's truly the ultimate therapy, right? right. I mean, so yeah. as you kind of went through this process, I think that that's really awesome. So, yeah. you know, th- I think that there's a lot of things that, you know, really come out of this, this topic of bullying. And really, the, the folks that are feeling the, um, you know, the pain from this, it, it still lingers today. And I got to tell you, in my life, Uh, you know, through social media, there have people that have bullied me that I'm connected with, but it still gives me a little bit of that, uh, you know, that internal anger to say, yeah, I'm going to hang out here, but one day, just one day, right. That you really want to try to exact that vengeance, but really that's not a place to be. And it's not a healthy place to be. And we've got to figure out a way to get past that. But I, I still resent those people today. Well, and it, it can add, so for me, it added fuel to my fire. It got me moving. You know, some people, 
you know, they can use it as fear and it'll hold them back or they can use it as fuel to move them forward. And, and that's exactly what I did. You know, I remember thinking about my teachers, you don't, you don't decide. I decide where I end up, not you. Or when somebody says, oh, you'll never make it. You're like, yeah, watch me. And sometimes you'll do it just to prove them wrong. The flip side of that is somebody can say you'll never make it and you believe it and you shut down and you, and you, you don't make it. And so the important part is being able to decide what you're going to do with what is happening to you. That's the important part is recognizing what's happening. We don't even, when our emotion comes up, I said our intelligence is low. And so we don't always react appropriately until we train ourselves to react the way we want to. And it all makes sense. And I got to tell you, Jeannie, this is something that we could probably talk about for the next three hours, right? <laughs> but it's just a 30 minute show. And, uh, but I appreciate you coming on. You got to promise me that you come back because we're going to need to identify when the new book comes out, you know, just touch base. Let's get you on. Let's talk about that. But, you know, again, you're a speaker, you're a trainer, you're a coach. Um, if, if folks want to get in touch with you, if they want to find out more about your books or, you know, working with you on how to, uh, help their organizations or even in the school, what's the best way they can do that? So the best way to get a copy of my book is bullyproofingyoubook.com. And then I'm on a lot of social media platforms. The beautiful thing about my name, Cisco Meth, is that I am the only Cisco Meth and it is spelled just like computer accessories and drugs. So it's, you know, it kind of goes together, right? I'm the crackhead teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We're, let's not label you that, but uh, okay. it, does make sense. it does make sense. And I got to tell you, I want to thank you so much. It, it, this has really been a great, you know, it's been a fun interview for something that's not very fun, right. you know? Yeah. And uh, hopefully the people who are out there who hear it, they're able not just to hear the message, but take a little bit of tidbit of, of wisdom and really take action with it. And I think yeah. that's some of the things that they really need to do. But uh, Jeannie Cisco Meth, I want to thank you for joining us on the Ultimate Leadership Podcast. And everybody out there, I got to tell you, li listen to what we talked about today. And again, I said in the beginning, this is going to be an important topic of something that we know happens, but we're not taking any action to do anything about it. And Jeannie has found the secret sauce of really kind of wrangling all these monsters in. And uh, whether it's the monsters outside or the monsters inside that we're feeling and uh, really trying to put a bow on it so i want to thank Jeannie for joining us and everybody out there i want to thank you once again for allowing me to join you on your professional development journey i'm chris abelera and i look forward to chatting with everyone again real soon thank you for joining us the ultimate leadership podcast is a production of chris you can interact with us by email at ultimate leadership 16 at gmail.com all rights reserved